Hey everybody, welcome to Beyond the Norm. I'm Norm Lavalette, and we're talking about uh, comedy and improv and the business of and things related to and oftentimes unrelated to improv and comedy and the entertainment world. So I'm here uh, as always, usually, I shouldn't say always because sometimes some one of you isn't here, but with uh, Ari and Joey. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're here talking about things that I, I usually uh, like to kick it off a little bit with the three things that I often kind of look at uh, by way of, you know, how I'm trying to manage some of the stuff I'm working on. Does it make me money? Uh, do I love it? Or am I intellectually curious about it? So I think on the money-making uh, point, I think some people know, they may or may not know, but we have a division of the company called Asylum Gaming and Esports. Uh, and uh, that was kind of started, uh, I guess, almost three years ago now, right? Probably? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I remember when, when Lance started, it was like, I had probably two and a half, I'd say. Yeah, about two and a half years ago, a while. It's getting so, the weeds because it might have been. It that's might have been two like and a, three quarters. Yeah, well. two and a half was like when it when I remember doing things with it, but I don't know when it was conceived. So somewhere between in the timeline, okay. There's, there's... Okay, this is great. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was started, <laughs> and uh, and so now it's going. Uh, and we've done a lot of different things. You know, the the basic uh, the basic concept was to. Uh, Kind of look at the landscape, uh, landscape of uh, um, competitive gaming and esports play, and the social aspect of it as well. As uh, well, so that company, uh, that end of it, has grown uh, a fair amount, and it's pivoted in the in, in the in the recent, I'd say, in the in the last year. So originally, we were doing a lot of pop up events, uh, producing our own uh, our own gaming and esports mm -hmm. events, which is fine, all, all well and good. Yet it's it's difficult I find to constantly produce pop up events when you don't have a uh, specific venue a dedicated venue for it, right that's why eventually there are people that will always start running pop up comedy clubs but they usually never last right because eventually it's it's not it's not site specific and, right. and so it's difficult yep. so I think we we were doing a lot of that and we were doing fine with it uh, we started getting booked a lot more on private events and we still do that where you know a company will come in and they just want to do a private gaming or esports events and yep. that from a business standpoint is far more lucrative in terms of yep. doing that we've helped produce uh, some large scale or been part of large scale productions like uh, Red Bull's uh, Battlegrounds that's uh, true yeah that's Street, Street Fighter, Fighter one. Right? that was a cool event what was that venue again that's the castle here yeah. on Boston that was cool yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was really cool. That was crazy, and and that was a huge one. So so we we're we're now doing that, but we've actually made kind of a change because what what I've uh, what I found more and more is we were getting contacted by developers, uh, like real estate developers or other larger scale producers that. Uh, for example, you know, they're developing a large sports, uh, sports, sports complex, right? Which would be like, you know, ice, ice hockey rinks and indoor turf and basketball. And their younger people that are working for them in their offices are saying, like, we've got to have an esports component to it. Yeah. And these people are like, okay, what is that? And so they would come to me and they're like, you want to rent space? And I'd be like, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, I am not putting any cent in it. I don't have that, you know, the capital is just not there to be expended. Mm -hmm. But what we found was we know so much that that's huge value. Yeah. So what ended up happening was people uh, are starting to really, we, we've pivoted. So we're actually working now as consultants. Yeah. So developers are hiring us to say, I'm like, well, I'm not going to rent the place, but I'll find the right people for you. We'll steer you in the right directions. We'll answer all of those questions that you have on this. We'll show you the pie in the sky, but we'll also show you the no shit 
pitfalls of what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so that puts us basically in the consulting realm. And that is really where Asylum Gaming and Esports is, is moving to. And again, from a business standpoint, that's way better. Yeah, you know yeah. that's that's you're being paid for your knowledge and your skill. You're not being asked to, you know, can you come up with a million dollars to build out a place and then yeah. rent it and hopefully have yeah. people come in? It was that pivot like in the moment. Was it like kind of everything was leading to that and it was an aha moment, or had you been thinking about that and then that was kind of the catalyst when you kind of went and met with these people and be like, I think this is where we're gonna go in the direction. Like more of an aha moment. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, more of an aha moment because, you know, what I found in these meetings, you know, both myself and and the other people that that are working in that division with us mm-hmm. and with me, I'm like holy shit, we know a ton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not giving all this away. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, in, oh, in a yeah. very real sense, like, okay, great. You you want you want to know all my connections, and you want to know who would come in here and rent and you want to know what festivals might come in and be this. I'm like, that's value. And that's a lot of what we talk about, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Is what is your value and don't be afraid to ask something for it now what what your value is maybe low at the beginning you know yeah. you can't come in and say this is what i think my because it's still business yeah. you may think your value is high yeah. and the person you're sh- offering it to may say it ain't worth it and it's the same with me yeah. right i think there are a couple different clients a couple clients were like absolutely worth it other clients are like eh, probably not because the value is not there yeah. but the point is you're establishing value on what you know and what you can provide, you can't give it away forever. If you give it, if you give it away forever, people will gladly take it. Yeah, you know, and and you come in, and even in this last meeting that we had, you know, I, I put out, you know, what my monthly retainer fee on that is, and you know, someone said, well, you know, could we, you know, can we see how it goes, and then then you know, if it, if it goes well, we'll we'll you know, up the fee. I was like, yeah, absolutely not. I'm like, this is my fee. Um, I'm I'm. I'm not, I don't do prove it contracts. Uh, I absolutely, I absolutely get it. If right now it doesn't fit with your budgets or your needs or what you want to do, but no, this is, this is what, what the value is. Uh, Happy to do it. And then I, you know, I even went further and I said to these people, I'm like, here's the deal. I'm like, whether you hire me or not, look, if you build this place and and you put out there and you present that you want esports and gaming people to come to you, I'm like, they'll come. I mean, you'll, you'll do fine. You'll, you'll get it with or without hiring us. Yeah. I'm like the, the, the reality though is you're going to have to vet them all. You're going to have to figure out who's the real deal and who is it. You're going to be the one that has to, has to really come into play and say, can these people pull this off? What's their track record? Who's their background? I mean, so they'll come, you'll do fine with or without. Yeah. We just provide this service. That'll be much, much more expedient to you in your time. And what people love is when you tell them that they're going to do great with or without you. Yeah. Immediately, yeah. immediately that person was like, no, no, we, we definitely need your help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, oh, yeah. right. Because you're not selling them this line of bullshit because they will. I, I mean, they will, if yeah. you open up and say, we want to, to bring in esports people, they'll come in. So when you say week or not weekly, a monthly retainer, does that mean that if you enter into a contract like that, then you work exclusively exclusively with them? Well, no, no. Okay, they're gotcha. just a client. Gotcha, they're a client. They're just okay. a client. You okay. you could have many monthly. That it's a consulting, right? Yeah, a consulting. Yeah. That, that's I just didn't know what what that what retainer truly meant in that regard. It means you pay me, you pay my company this number every month for six months, yeah. and we provide you our service. And at the end of that six month, hopefully we've we've provided well above and beyond the value that you paid us. Yeah. And if we didn't, then you won't hire us again. Yeah. So, so that's uh, money making. Uh, uh, I love, and, and, and so we're in the middle of a, a cold snap right now. Mm. It's, it's brutal. Yeah. 
I mean, for anybody that is listening to this outside of New England, anybody like uh, California or Florida, you've made the right choice. <laughs> it sucks here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sucks. I mean, don't, don't give me this no, bullshit of the seasons. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. I, I always say, like, if, if somehow the West Coast was discovered first in America, <laughs> this yeah. place would be the biggest ass backwards backwater in the world yeah. nobody would make their way out here uh, yeah i i really don't know why <laughs> it's proximity it's all it is man it's yeah, just, it, yeah. it happened here first and it's closer to europe and that's it yep back then that mattered oh now. yeah true yeah i get i guess i get the history of it but like to me i'm like why yeah but what does it matter how many how many of the people that live here in new england or up and down the northeast how many of them go to europe None. You don't need to be here. And you know what? You can get to Europe just as easily from uh, uh, Naples, Florida. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. I never, I've never thought about it as a means to get to Europe. Well, that's yeah. That's how it got here, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, but within that, uh, I love, I love my snowblower. <laughs> I got a snowblower last year. Never had one. You know, just old New England kid, master boy. Like you shovel. That's what you do, and you just shovel whatever. Uh, so my my lovely and talented wife got me a snowblower. Yeah, it might be the best gift anybody's ever given me. <laughs> I love it so much. It is so great. And like now, like you almost look forward a little bit to snow, and then you get out there, and you know, and then like and you go all the way down the sidewalk, all the way down the block, and you're like, hey, how's it going? I can get you out. Oh, it's great. I love my snowblower. I mean, that's that's how I made all my money in high school was like doing lawns and snow blowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had to borrow somebody that I did there. I snow blowed there. So I was like, can I use this and other ones like neighbors and did stuff? you have to give them a cut? I think it was just like, I was like, I'll, I'll do this at a reduced rate if you can let me use your <laughs> snow blower for the other houses. But I didn't realize that this thing was just essentially, shoot, the exhaust must have been broken. So it was just shooting exhaust. So I would go to school reeking of like gas and, and people would be near me and I'm like I had, to, I had to get up early and do this so but I, I feel that because I had to do that before I, I love it yeah and, and there's something there's something about like I'm not handy at all yeah like uh, you know at all even on a small like you're a motorcycle guy I yeah thought, yeah I, I, I am I grew up racing motorcycles but I, I was with my friends uh, I grew up uh, outside of Worcester right or right next to Worcester in Grafton Mass and I was with my friends this weekend closest friends that literally our houses were connected to each other we all grew up because yeah. we, we opened uh opened a new comedy club out in Worcester called Woo Ha Ha. Uh, oh I did see that yeah. So it was out there and we were talking about it and they were they were we were talking about this exact subject and they're like, yeah, you you race motorcycles, but they knew I got somebody pushed my bike <laughs> to the place. I got on the motorcycle. Yeah. I raced. I got off the track and somebody took that bike away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I didn't touch it again. And my dad and my uncles and my cousins were all great on that kind of stuff. But I, I wasn't handy. I didn't do anything. I was just a diva. And I just <laughs> rode the thing. I raced. And I gave it away. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not handy. So, But there are certain things. Like I love chopping wood. And I love uh, things like the more physical things that I could do. Yeah. It's good. It's healthy. It feels so good. So by the snowboard, that's a little bit of a... It's kind of like a motorcycle, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah it's kind of... So I love, I love the snowblower. And then... Uh, and then uh, uh, intellectual curiosity. Uh, I think I've talked about it a little bit before, uh, but I've been working on a couple different things uh, in the realm of like uh, the the deeper immersive uh, theater entertainment mm-hmm. type stuff. Uh, Sleep no more. I think we may may have mentioned that show before <laughs> yes. on this. Uh, Sleep no more. So I've been researching a bunch of stuff uh, uh, on that because I got a couple things cooking in that realm. So intel- experiential. Yeah, yeah real yeah. experiential, deep immersive um, entertainment. 
in uh, theater. So uh, I got a few things cooking in there that maybe will come up if uh, if I can get them rolling down the line. But that's been my intellectual curiosity. Cool. So that's everything that's going on with me. So uh, this episode, uh, we want to talk a little bit about, or or I asked uh, I asked Ari to say uh, to come up with some things to say. Well, what what do you want to talk about? What are some questions? Because for me, I think a lot of it is I know so much because obviously I've been here forever, but I I also kind of like I don't know. I've just been here. Like, what am I supposed to talk about? Like, what do people want to talk about? I don't yeah. know. Uh, so, so uh, I'll let you kick it off sure. in terms of what the general subject matter of this uh, this episode. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to talk more about house teams. We haven't really we've discussed it, but we haven't gotten into like the meat of house teams yet. Sure. So house teams for everybody out there, what they are is uh, they are they are mini uh, improv casts that are created from uh, from house team students. Mm-hmm. And they, they perform on Monday nights at Improv Asylum mm-hmm. in Boston. And uh, and they, they do like a 20, 25 minute set, something like that. And, and it's kind of the first, it's, it's the first experience or exposure that a student starts to have uh, on the live stage. Mm-hmm. Is that a good definition? I, yeah, I'd say it? definitely here. I don't know what the indie scene is anymore, but it was know. definitely like, this is the spot if, if you, Everybody's like, how do you how do you get to the main stage or whatever? It's like you got to get on house teams. That's kind of like the first yeah, sure. boom, right out the training center. You're like, bam. yeah. So that's what a house team is. Mm-hmm. So, um, so when, but so improv sound started in '98. When did house teams become a thing? Did that I, I can't imagine that started at the beginning because he didn't. No, absolutely anyone. not. Yeah. Quite quite the opposite. Uh, uh, for many many years, the company uh, the company in general, myself specifically, was adamantly against it. Uh, so it, it didn't start until I want to say what late two thousands maybe something like that. Why, why so against it? And because we were I, we were against it. and I was against it because the whole the whole thought process of Improv Asylum was to make sure that the quality control was there. Mm-hmm. To make sure that we were doing the best possible shows, yeah. and and our model, which was very different than other models, uh, was different than uh, let's say uh, Improv Boston, which creates a, a, a and always has created a ton of stage time for a ton of people. Our model model was we are going to focus on the quality of our brand and our show. We we were we were adamant that if somebody comes down to see our show, they always have to see. Something awesome because the reality is when when somebody comes down to Improv Asylum, right, and they see a show, they're only going to think of Improv Asylum. If that show is good, they're going to think Improv Asylum is good. If that show sucks, they're going to say Improv Asylum sucks. And it's not going to matter if it was the main stage show or the NXT show. You can you can say till you're blue in the face, but these are students. Nobody's going to give a damn. They don't. People don't think like that. They're going to go Improv Asylum. I went down there. That place sucked. But they were students. Okay, they were. They sucked, yeah. right? And so very much as we built the brand, mm-hmm. we, we were very, very protective of it uh, in those early years. And I, and I think rightly so. I think rightly so for a lot of reasons. Because you have to remember that when, when we came onto the scene in 98, these, these kind of places didn't exist commercially. I mean, right. they didn't. I mean, I think we started in 98. I think UCB started in 99. I, I, you know, I mean. I never, yeah. ever yeah. considered that connection. Yeah. Essentially, you guys both kind of left the Chicago area mm-hmm. from the respective areas sure. and then went to either New York or Boston. Sure. And at the exact same time, I think 98, 98, 99, uh, four-day weekend started. And oh, same yeah. thing. Yeah. Frank Ford uh, was one of the founders of 
uh, four day weekend. You know, he came out of Chicago. Um, yeah. So, you know, like they, yeah. they didn't exist like this. Like, yes, there were a few places around and obviously Second City, but but they didn't. So we were very much like we wanted to make sure that we had to educate an audience and we wanted them to leave saying this is a viable comedy choice for going out. Yeah. So so that's that's what it was. And I think it served us well in the beginning. But like anything else, you know, you 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 want to you want to evolve uh, you want to evolve or you want to have growth. Mm -hmm. And and so while that I think made sense in the first, you know, five, six, eight, even first decade, or I'm not exactly sure when we started, but it was probably around there. You know, but we started to kind of look at it. And then and then he started saying, Well, are we being are we now at the point where we're being too precious? Right, because at that point, you gotta remember when we started, there was just a main stage cast, right? Yeah, there yeah. was no secondary companies, whatever. But eventually, we put in a touring company, which was the precursor to NXT companies, mm -hmm. and then we put in NXT companies, which were secondary resident casts. You know, so we started kind of flexing that stuff out. So, yeah. so finally, we really started looking at it, and uh, and I remember actually, I I did really a 180. Which was I was the one that ended up was, was very much pitching it, saying mm -hmm. I think we need to do this because the both the community and the participants in improvisation had radically grown, mm -hmm. and the audience for accepting varying degrees of experience levels of mm -hmm. of improvisation had grown as well. So I said, well, look, I think the next the next logical phase here to add value to first and foremost to the students in the training center was to get them stage time because that's the most valuable yeah. thing. I mean, what are we going to just constantly be in rooms doing improv for <laughs> ourselves forever? Yeah. It's terrible. And if that's all you're doing, don't, that sucks. Don't do it. Like yeah. you got it. You got to do it to start to get, to take your classes. But I was like, what would I value? Right. Mm -hmm. If I were in a train, it would be the stage time. Yeah. So we said, well, look, let's, let's control it. I think we started with maybe like, one house team or something i don't even remember um but that that's where it started and, and and we started cautiously yeah you know but the key is we're able to evolve and yeah. let let our let our initial reasons why we were or weren't doing something change yeah and not get so stuck into saying well we said we weren't doing house teams, so therefore, on high, never shall we. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. adapt. And that's that's not a, that's a good sign. That's a good sign that you're constantly adapting and contemplating what's best for the students, for the audience, for your theater. So, but house, the Improv Asylum house teams weren't the, the first house teams. There were, Second City had house teams, correct? Or, no, no, no. no. Re really, the house team model, as I understand it, that the, the house team model, I think, was really started uh, at I.O. Okay. Uh, so it was formerly Improv Olympic. Uh, and then they got sued by the Olympic Committee, <laughs> and they had to change I.O. That's real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's real. Um, uh, so so they, I think they started it, this mm -hmm. idea of creating casts uh, out of a larger training center body. Um which, you know, look, as a business model, there's some really great advantages to that, right? Yeah. You have all of these performers. You create all these shows. All of them have friends yeah. uh, that they have to browbeat and to come into their <laughs> shows, right? I mean, we know that. Yeah. Like, friends and family, yeah. please come to my show. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, right? Um, so, and then you have, you also have all those people going to see the other people's shows. Yeah. So, it's this, uh, you know, this kind of collective that, that can feed itself. Mm -hmm. And they were the first to do it, as far as I understand it. And... And it was innovative then because because no second city was 
you think we were protective of our brand. I mean, Second City is still protective of their brands. I think they just recently in the last few years started loosening up a little bit. But I mean, and we were following Second City's model, so it's no surprise. Yeah. So it was, it was Improv Olympic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then out of Improv Olympic uh, kind of grew UCB. I know that that's not exactly right. And uh, read the book. They have a great book. You can find all out about the book. You don't have to take my word for it. But roughly speaking, that came from that thing. I mean, you know, Del Close was one of the founders of Impro.io. So Del Close is UCB's main icon. It comes from I.O. Like, what are we? insane that's yeah. where it kind of comes from right because uh, they were all doing shows there and so they 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 created UCB and then they they moved up to New York and they very much took and grew that model um, in terms of creating th- their business and artistic model out of house teams as opposed to resident companies yeah so a lot of people you know, people on house teams are like that's their opportunity to get on stage that's you know that's the best part of the week or that's you know what they look forward to yeah so and it's it's clearly i don't know since the beginning it you know all the main stage people right now are on house teams correct no no all right they were no because i think because kira came from ib kira um was Aaron? Aaron? Yeah, Aaron, Aaron was, was. I was. John was. Katie was. Kelly. Was. So I think it's just just Kira. Just and, Kira and, yeah. and I guess before it would have been like anybody who kind of like didn't come up right tra- straight yeah. through the system, but for the most part, it, yeah, yeah, because Kira auditioned in from right out of Boston College. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. Um. So, a lot of the talent comes from you know classes, house teams, NXT, main stage. What? How? How else has house teams as a as a thing affected the company, you know, other than providing cast members? Well, in, in many ways, uh, having having a, a, a robust and healthy house team um, program helps the theater in a lot of ways. First and foremost, now, when you go see it, like there, it used to be, right? And, and, and it was valid. But when, when we first, first started house team nights, however long ago, I don't remember it, right? Um, Look, you didn't steer audiences there. You steered audiences, especially groups, uh, and like you know, even like you know, your friends are like, oh, what's a good show? I was thinking of coming on Tuesday night, and if you knew that I was asking, you're like, well, just recognize you're going to see students. You yeah. know, you might, you know, and that that's not the case anymore. Yeah, like, yeah. like you go, you go see house team shows. Like that's a fantastic night of entertainment, and and that's a testament certainly to the performers. I would argue it's even more so to the instructors and the directors that are able to put those people in many cases with very limited amount of performance experience into positions to succeed. Mm-hmm. But but it is it is so good now, especially when you look at these veteran or tenure teams or whatever the mm-hmm. hell the terms are, I don't know, yeah. uh, uh, that those are fantastic. You don't have to say that anymore. You're like, oh, yeah, any night of the week, just go down and see Improv Asylum. So you've, you've actually now taken this thing which is, yes, help develop actors, gives value to the students in the training center, starts developing our own pipeline into our cast, mm-hmm, yeah. and you've activated a dead night. Yeah. I also think from from the training center point of view, it also gives what I, I guess what I look at is like, uh, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel of the training center is your grad show, mm-hmm. right? But it almost gives you like a, a little mini light in the middle of the tunnel, which is, hey, once you're enrolled in level three, you can start getting on stage in this way. 
Um, and I think the people who really like key in on that, it just starts, they start to self-identify of like, well, who is the person who's really going to stick with this all the way through yeah. or start to kind of go on to other things? Sure. And it gives you the opportunity after your grad show, right? Because I think we've talked about yeah. this. I think we've talked about this on the podcast, which is, you know, the grad show is a fantastic and amazing night, but it's a, it's a super false positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You know, you go off of that high and they, everybody gives you a standing O. They're not giving you a standing O for that show. Yeah. They're giving you a standing O for the six levels that in all the work, effort, time and passion you've put into it as should be. Mm-hmm. But I think we talked about it before. Back in the day, you used to get extended runs out of the grad oh, shows. Yeah, yeah. And it was always like the most sad and disappointing <laughs> thing because you went from this. Oh, my God, I'm a rock star. Everybody loves me. OK, you get a six week run. And. You never, you know, it's like a cocaine high, you know, you, you can't get it back and, and you did it. And so that's why we got rid of that. But I think the house teams fills that role to say like, well, there are opportunities to keep going, even if, you know, the, the very limited resident opportunities uh, are, are few and far, to, you know, few and far between in terms of access. You, you do have that ability. Did it, did it start on Wednesday? I don't know. I wouldn't imagine. I would have. Vanity Project was around. Was, oh, was that. on there? Just because I know it was on Tuesday when I started doing it. Now it's moved to Mondays. Monday. Where just that just makes me think of like, look how robust it is. It can, it can move further away from. It, yeah. and, and I don't think it did, but it may have. Yeah. And and, the, and that certainly is the advantage, yeah. right? Which which is you, which is you can use that. It's a self-contained thing. I mean, hell, there are people that have only been down here for house team nights yeah. that have never even seen other shows oh, yeah. right so so that's that's a huge benefit to it the the other the uh, you know other benefits in terms of house team is it does create uh more stage time for people because because that that's the one thing that improv asylum uh, as its model uh doesn't do it doesn't create a ton of stage time for a ton of people and that's fine that's mm-hmm. by design that's not yeah. that's not really what we're here for or what we're looking to do with that said if we can create more stage time for more people while still maintaining mm-hmm. quality control and, and all of those other things, then, then I'm happy to do it. So, so you, you because because it's self-serving. Because if you can create good, meaningful stage time for more people, those people get better, which gives you a larger pool to choose from when it comes times to come come comes time for your uh, resident cast. Yeah. Joey, any? Well, no, I, I agree. <laughs> Thank you, Joey. Um, I disagree. I disagree, and this is why. <laughs> uh, so, I guess, do you ending my questions on house teams? Is there like a one moment in the history of it, or a, like something, a story, or something that you know is memorable to you? Did you ever direct a house team? I directed. I think I did. I think I directed. I did, and I think I did. I directed one house team. Uh, uh, I know. Uh, I was asked to do it. I was like, "Yeah, I'll give it a try." Uh, I don't think I did a good job. <laughs> I don't think I did a good job. I, 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 it's it's a very specific thing. Yeah, you know, I I was so used to devoting my time and effort and my knowledge and my skill set into these resident companies, mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily the the one to one skill set back to a uh, to a house team, which is getting these people to do you know a 20, 25 minute set. And, uh, you know, for me, I always like, all right, let's try some stuff. Let's do some stuff. Ah, ooh, but if you don't have enough experienced people putting, that's where I go back to. I think that the best directors down there put those casts in positions to succeed wherever they're at. 
right? Mm-hmm. If they're a brand new cast or if they're then they're a veteran cast, you can give them a lot more free reign. Um, and I feel like I feel like I didn't get, I didn't put the cast in the best possible situation for them to succeed. Uh, you know, that's all. It's okay, man. Yeah. Hey, you know, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> I'm okay to I'm take that. Take and they were fine. I, I think they did a good job. But if if they did less than good shows, it definitely wasn't on them. It was on me. That's how okay. I kind of look at that. I don't. I don't have any any major like you know. Oh, I remember this from House Teams <laughs> because, all right, I, I'm old sure. and, and and you know I can't be down there every yeah. Monday night. Uh, but but what I what I mostly w- would go back to is this idea of the House Teams are there, and I think you mentioned this before. But okay, there's your opportunity. To, to try to work on your craft and get yourself good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the other side of that coin in terms of the, the directors putting you in a good position to succeed, it's also, hey, you gotta, you gotta far surpass the effort that your directors or your theaters are putting in. It, yeah. You're in charge of it. Right. And, and I, think, I think one of the main differences, right, of how our house teams work uh, as opposed to uh, other organizations is uh, you ain't guaranteed, right? It's true. You know yeah. that firsthand, do. right? Yeah. So why don't you talk about your your experience? Sure. Uh, yeah. So I was uh, I got into level three uh, audition for house teams. I got on house teams on my first audition, and then I was on house teams for seven runs, and then I was I felt like yeah, all right, I can I can I can fuck up the audition and I'll be fine, and then I fucked up the audition and I didn't get an email, which was a a blow but you know i got over it, it but it, in the moment in i bet the moment, you i bet you i bet you i bet you that felt like like a gun awful. punch it right? was it was it was terrible i hated it um luckily i had an indie team at that point which was a, a nice way to you know have have a, somehow some way to perform but it's 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 just like i i guess there's another day of the week now <laughs> what is what am I supposed to do? I didn't, you know, I didn't want to go down to improv asylum, and I, I worked. I was an usher at the time. I was like, oh, this is sure. It's a, it's a blow to your ego. Yeah. It's, a, it's a blow to your psyche. And, and I think that as difficult as that is, and, and look, that breaks some people. Yeah. Some people do oh, the. Yeah. the oh, the, I've certainly seen people knock it on and then just never yeah, come back. Look, this shit. They're not going to have my talents again. And I've all always said, hey man, that's absolutely fine for you to have that attitude. Have that attitude. Mm-hmm. What you always have to remember is the organization. And I don't mean, I mean the big faceless organization, yeah. be it in Provincetown or anybody else, doesn't care. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But like, and, and, I, and I know that, how can you say they don't care? What I mean by that is the reality is this organization and this industry doesn't need me. The entertainment industry isn't clamoring for Norm Lavalette and my talents. Mm-hmm. And if I were to say, screw you, entertainment industry, I'm leaving today. I mean, there would be less than nothing. Yeah. Yeah. There, if anything, there'd be a few people like, oh, maybe that opens up a little bit for me, <laughs> right? And and and, and so yeah. that, that's just the reality of it. And that's why I'm all. I always caution people, which is, hey, if it's not work, if it if the thing didn't work out for you this time, I know, I know that the feelings are bad, right? Mm-hmm. And and this is a very personal thing because this is this is not just a rejection of your resume. I went with somebody else. It's a personal rejection of your own talents and abilities and there's no way not to take it that right. way right um but with that said if you don't just throw it all away like that oddly enough also the, the company's usually like yeah sure come back oh, yeah yeah <laughs> you know there's the other side of that which is like 
we don't need you. Have it, have you. Yeah. Whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, and I think then that, that worked out for you, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely did. I, I learned a lot in like the four months that I wasn't on house teams and that I just wouldn't have learned if I had, right. if I had made it that time. I, I think it's such a, I wouldn't say a roll of the dice in terms of like when you get on, but like it took me seven times, five, five to seven times to get on house teams. Mm-hmm. And that was like, you're talking about a gut punch where you're like, well, this guy in my class just got on, this girl yeah. in my class just got on. Like, what am I doing wrong? I feel like I'm doing great in indie teams and all that. But I feel like I wouldn't have learned those lessons yeah. unless it was for somebody like Patterson to be like, hey, man, can't wait till next time. You'll get him next time. Like, then you start to build that camaraderie. So it's almost like by not having that, if you get on like this, that what you had in your head of, well, I can fuck up the audition. Yeah. That's the worst me- mentality yeah. to and have. And now, now I that is the last Exactly. Thing. So you did learn the lesson. Yeah. So that's good. That's it a good is. thing. And, and I think, I think even though we have house teams, we still keep this mindset here, which is you got to get it, yeah. right? You got to get it. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to give it to you here, ever. Right? I yeah. always say the words, the, the highest compliment that I ever give any performer, anybody down here on their last nights or whenever they're doing well, the words I always use is, hey, man, you've earned it. Mm-hmm. I never say you deserve it, <laughs> yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. they say, good for you. Joey, you deserve, you don't deserve shit, Joey. <laughs> and I don't deserve a damn thing. Yeah. I, de- I deserve the basic needs of humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Right? But what I say that, you've earned it. Yeah. And man, when you know that, when you know you've earned it, yeah. it's a whole different ballgame. And when you know that you, I got to go earn it yeah. again yeah. and again and again. And and I do too. Like, I have to earn it. If I'm going to if I'm going to put myself out there as a, as a consultant, to somebody, I gotta go earn that work. And yeah. if I don't earn it, they fire me. They don't yeah. hire me back. Yeah. And and that's what I like about this place. And it's definitely not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think that's 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 when we talk about well, what's different about it, even with our own house team program. Um, other places are far more like a community yeah. where like, well, you're in, and now we all stay in, and that's great for them, and it works for them. Mm-hmm. For us, we're a community, yet we're a community that's earned, mm-hmm. and it's a meritocracy, mm-hmm. and you also have to keep earning it. You don't because I, I I've seen too often uh, other communities like that where somebody starts to feel like, well, I don't really going to try that hard in yeah. in auditions or in shows, which is a terrible mindset to go into an audition with. I- yeah. I, I realized. <laughs> and how many shows have you gone to at other theaters, other organizations, where people are fucking around and mailing it in? I mean, it, it, it has yeah. turned me off of a couple like big theaters yeah. that I went to, and I only heard great things, and I saw it, and I was like, wow, this is a total sure. mail job. Yeah. I'm out of here. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, because they're like, well, I'm here, and this is what I do, and, they, and, I, and once you're here, as long as I keep paying, I'm like, I don't care how much you pay me. Yeah. You can't pay me enough. To be on my stage. I mean, you literally couldn't. Yeah. Because if you don't want to be here and do the work, that's not what this theater is for. Mm-hmm. And so I still think that there's that ethos that's in house teams. Yeah. Which makes everybody on that house team say, hey, this might be the only run I get on house teams. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. So I want to make it work. You know, I always talk about it and I say to actors, be it resident actors or people in the house team, like, okay, you got the job. Keep it. Yeah. yeah. Keep it. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't. You know, don't be like, well, now I got it. And now I'm like, no, no, no. Now now you got to keep it. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that does a lot of things for quality control. 
uh, it does a lot of things about facing failure because for those of you that you know fail you know you said it took you seven times to get on yeah. man at some point what you're doing is you are you're developing this scar tissue right <laughs> yeah. to say like nope failure doesn't bother me yeah. i'll go again and again and again and again and again like a crazy person yeah or you know what i'm going to put my ego aside and say well wait a second no i do want that i'm going to prove just to myself even if i'm going to prove to them to do it one more time to show them i can get it and then i'll give them the finger yeah. right yeah. but 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 what you're doing is you're developing the psychic muscle mm -hmm. to say i can push through and attain what it is that i want that's what you're getting out of it and i think you touched it just as we're wrapping up too that thing about having that indie team, right? Like, mm -hmm. like, so somebody essentially took your performer card away here, right? But you still have a million other performer yeah. cards to use. I feel like that's where some people, if they self-select and they go, "Well, I'm not going to perform anymore," then it's like, okay, you don't, you don't have to, but you saw another avenue. I hope people realize that, like, man, get, get on indie teams, get on Studio Forty at IB, other places that you have that you can get reps. That's yeah. the only reps. way you'll get good is reps. reps. And you know what? Once a week yeah. isn't enough. If you're trying to learn how to ride a bike and you, you devote <laughs> 25 minutes once a week, you're never going to get good at riding. No. The, you're never going to pop a wheelie. Right. Yeah. You're, gonna, you're just going to wobble around in, in your <laughs> classroom you on your stupid bike. Oh, I can pop a wheelie on a bike. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, man. That doesn't even, you can ride a bike. Yeah. But, well, I can't but, do that. <laughs> I can get it up and down. But that's that's the whole thing. It's like, go do shows. If, if, if your track uh, uh, is, is performance track. Yeah. Your only job is to go figure out and do shows. I, I mean, when I started, none of these places existed. You couldn't get on house teams. Yeah. You didn't have, like, well, that, like that, that, that shit didn't exist here in Boston. It's you found some other people. You're like, you guys want to try to do a show? You like, we think you know a little bit about it. And you went to a crappy bar yep. and you talked them into it and you figured it out on stage. Yeah. And, and when I came up, I mean, and I've said this before, but I didn't care. I just wanted to do comedy and to this day that's really all I care about if it was improv it was stand up it was written word it was sketch it was murder mystery it was everything whomever would let me on the stage I would go do it and then as your career pro progresses you start getting better at certain things you're able to cut away the things that you don't want to do anymore mm -hmm. you know it's it's everybody loves to shit on everybody right I mean it's uh, it's the way of the world I hate it right and, and especially in this industry and you will hear this all the time like Oh, what are you doing? Murder mystery? And my answer is, fuck yeah, go do it. If you've never done anything else, yeah. you you would be you would be lucky to be cast yeah. in that. Yeah. And at some point, if you progress past your stage where you don't think that's right for you, sure. But I tell you what, man, go learn what that work is because yeah. that is some hard yeah. ass work. Yeah. You know, uh, go. You know, oh, what am I going to be uh, in sheer madness? You'd be lucky to be cast in Sheer yeah. Madness. That's an equity show. Yeah. You think they ain't gonna hire any of you jackasses? That takes <laughs> that takes a ton of work. Yeah. Right. An actor or a performer performs. Yep. That's how you get good. And so you're right. Yeah. You do that indie team. You do whatever. That's all you need to do. And then, and then lo and behold, you get good. And lo and that's all this place wants. Yeah. And I think the best places only want you to be good. And and if you're good, like I don't say like, well, you only can be good if you go through our house scene. Well, that's stupid. Yeah. No, you can't. And that's I think a very big difference for us and other type of organ organizations that are right. that are based in house scenes, which is you literally can't get on their stage no matter how good you are unless you pay them yeah. three, four, five thousand dollars like a creative pyramid scheme. <laughs>
Yeah, I mean, and there there have been like Christian Roberts on uh, IA New York main stage. He was on House Teams and nothing else. Yeah, so Christian, as far as I remember it, because I didn't really know him that well at all down here, um, but he was uh, went through training center, was on House Teams, moved to New York. And did a ton of stuff in New York. Yeah. So when we had the opportunity to create Improv Asylum New York and cast it, he was one of the first people I called in to meet with. Yeah. You know, because there, there's also a shorthand to this, and like he understands and knows our style and our, our work. So and and jumping into that, he's got he was part of a indie team, What Up Joe, that was like a lot of I like Rob Anderson and Bill oh. Connolly and like uh, a lot of those people who did stick around here. So he did he spoke the language because he mm. came through it. I'm sure that was an easy slam dunk transition. Well, especially in doing the very first cast in New York. You know, yeah. you had to get that show up quick. You needed a shorthand, you know, to have to bring in six new actors that don't really understand the vibe and the aesthetic and mm-hmm. trying to get every. I'm like, ah, we don't have the time for that. Let, yeah. Let's let's get as many people that are good that can yeah. do the work, but that also understand the work. Um, but yeah, so Christian came up through through house teams. And, you know, the the, the idea is whatever you're doing, just throw yourself into it and make try to try to be as awesome with it as you can. Don't throw it away. Don't get jaded. Don't get that too cool for school because you'd be you'd be shocked at how fast it moves or it goes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so so that that's what it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So house teams have been uh, you know nothing but a boon for this place, and and I'm glad we were able to do that. And I hope that in the future, you know, our our you know the the growth mindset, as it were, which is which is you know I wouldn't say a cliche thing to say, but you know that's that's a common is is still there, which is just because this is how we do it now. I hope that in five and ten years, maybe there's something we're doing now where where I say well, no, we'll never do that. Uh, maybe five and ten years, like for example, right at Improv Asylum New York, you know I've already decreed that a a herald will never be performed <laughs> in that theater, yeah, right, yeah. ever, sure, ever. Yeah. There are other places you can do that. There are other places that love that. Wherever uh, your name is Harold, you can't come down to that theater. <laughs> yeah. Can't come down. Um, maybe that will change in five and ten years. Yeah. It definitely won't. <laughs> but uh, but but the idea is like you, you want to grow and you want to change yeah. uh, and, and and be open to things. So so there it is. Well, good good questions. Uh, we love having the house teams, and you can see house teams on Monday night mm-hmm. at uh, Improv Island in Boston, and eventually you will be you will be seeing them uh, in New York. Um, all in good time, you know. We, we build kind of from the weekends back, so eventually you'll see that there. Um, but you can check it out at improvsound.com. Uh, thank you, Ari. Thank You're you, welcome. Joey. Thank you. Uh, good stuff, and thank you everybody out there. And we will talk to you again soon. Goodbye. Race goes to war, the states